guys and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts Lucy Davis and Benjamin Halden. So on today's podcast we have a very special guest and I'm so excited he will have a little introduction yeah. to himself as well but Ben is just going to give our I'll just, I'll very just special thinking then. <laughs> this, this, this means we've had two Yanks in a row now on the podcast last two episodes. <laughs> So today we have got on uh, Corey Gregory, who we had on uh, an event a couple of weeks back and it went down an absolute storm. So Corey is a fitness entrepreneur who opened his first gym at the age of 20 and he saved as an underground coal miner for that. After 10 years of personal training, he co-founded sports nutrition giant Muscle Farm, which he led for eight years, I believe. During that span, Corey appeared on 11 magazine covers and achieved a pair of, it was a, a elite totals in powerlifting. Yep. And Corey has also competed in more than 15 bodybuilding competitions and 30 powerlifting meets. So, wow. Some some big stats thrown out there. And we have a lot of big stats there. So, yeah, Corey, if you could just fill in the gaps, sure. if there are any gaps, and just give our listeners a bit more of an intro to yourself, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. So, first off, thanks for having me on the show. I've been following you guys both on social media and thoroughly enjoy it. We're new friends from across the pond, which is great. Um, you know what's so crazy is when I hear you guys say all that stuff, it comes down to, I really figured out when I was about 15 years old that I just didn't like to do anything else but lift weights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so as I'm sure you guys can identify with. And so between that and when I matched up, I have a passion for fitness, but then it can help people. I realized that even early on as a high schooler, I was writing workouts for my friends. And then when I understood in that small coal mining town I grew up in, and like Ben said, I saved my money as an underground coal miner. Um, to move to Columbus to start my business when I was 20, I realized like even in high school, like my friends were seeing built, they were building confidence by the workouts and the consistency. And I really kind of locked onto that. And honestly, I've been so blessed over the last 20 years that this life as a, I'll be 42 in a couple months. So 22 years as a professional in something I love to do. I just feel like an immense amount of gratitude and so blessed, but going from, I've been on every side of the industry from the standpoint of wanting to get into fitness, jumping from a blue collar job to, you know, starting my own gym when I was, a uh, and gym's a stretch, it's very small, but when I was 20 years old, building a personal training business for 10 years, starting as a supplement co-founder with Muscle Farm that grew, you know, pretty good size. We sold in six, uh, 60,000 doors in a hundred plus countries. Oh um, and you know, I'm, I was really good friends with your guys' UK, uh, UFC champ, Michael Bisbing. And so like we were all over the world. So I got to see myself at, I believe the highest level of fitness from a standpoint of, mm-hmm. you know, hundreds of millions of page views on bodybuilding.com, writing content, working with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then also bringing in big athletes, doing endorsement contracts, and then myself personally doing endorsement contracts with Reebok and things. So I've literally seen, and now I'm doing direct to customer supplement sales and, you know, have a, a website similar to your guys's where we have an app and everything. And so I've really seen like every part of this business, but one of the things I'm most proud of is the practical application. I'm not just a person that talks about it. I've been living it my whole life. Competitions, I'm, I've been lifetime drug free, the powerlifting meets, all the bodybuilding shows, the covers of magazines when that was a thing. Like, so yeah, I'm proud of that. I live this to the highest level. I've got every ounce of what's possible out of my body. I feel like, and still even more yet as an older athlete. So that, that kind of fills the gaps in. 
I'm a, I'm a I maniac. Like I'm about to call you on this because when I first started lifting, I must have been about <clears throat> 15, 16. It, I think, Corey, you were probably one of the OGs who I used to, to follow a long time ago. And I started awesome. picking up, I think, some of your programs at first from like bodybuilding.com um, and some of the workout programs, the ebooks that were on there. And then mm-hmm. also, do you remember those? I think they're like the really small, I think you can get them on Google now. They were like the muscle farm cards and they had like workouts on them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was all that was all my craziness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I used to pick up workouts from there. So to have you on the podcast today is, is awesome from from following you for That's cool. the last 10, 10 well, to 12 years. So crazy, um, Ben, about that too is I literally had gym workouts for 10 years written on pieces of paper and thrown in a drawer. And this is literally how that all came out. So we started, you know, I signed up for Twitter in 2010. We started on Facebook with MP like around the same time. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start posting these workouts that I have literally been collecting for a decade. That's what those were. They were from my training clients and myself personally. And I was just trying to add value. And I gave away free workouts every day for like seven years. Yeah, it's 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 a great marketing tool because I first started buying into to muscle farm the first supplement supplements from from taking so much um content and taking so much value mm-hmm. away from from those because when you're using something every single day mm-hmm. from someone you start to respect someone you buy into them and then you buy into the brand so it's a it's a great marketing tool which is used so early early on which a lot of companies in the fitness industry tend to use now kind of like a generation on. Yeah, yeah, I think I really kind of blazed the path a little bit for that, to be honest with you. And like, I did it kind of on accident, but I realized the power of it like really fast. And to this day, I have people hit me up like head of PGA, the head of marketing at the PGA tour hits me up. Hey, I did the get swole plan and the free workouts on muscle farm when I was in college. I mean, athletes at a pro level, like it is never ceases to amaze me who that made, who those made them to. It's pretty wild, and and I'm really proud of that because I feel like that was unique to me um, and my skill set that I got to display at a high level. It was it was really exciting. Yeah, and just on a note of um, of training, I know we briefly touched on it last time. Was the one of the programs that I loved, and I, I even hear guys sometimes still talk about now was the um, squat every day program, which was <laughs> it was a, it was a wake up call that one, especially for some of the t shirt trainers in the gym. Give <laughs> uh, a leg day for introducing that to. Some of them was a really, really cool program. So do you want to kind of just touch yeah. on what is the kind of motivation behind that? Yeah. So what's amazing is, so, you know, I look more like a fitness model per se, but I, I've got bit by the powerlifting bug when I was 17 years old, I did my first powerlifting meet. And for you guys that don't know, there's different weight classes in powerlifting. So I could still stay lean and powerlift at 181 or 198 and still compete and do the modeling stuff or whatever. And so I had prepped to do a big meet alongside of Westside Barbell, which is by far the strongest powerlifting gym on the planet. There's a, the logo is actually right behind me here and they li- they're in Columbus, Ohio, where I'm at. And so I had been friends with Louie and friends with a bunch of the guys there that helped me out. And by far never was a member amateur, more of a friend and just that, you know, I could go there from time to time, but I, I always took a lot of value in that. So I prepped for a meet to squat 700 pounds um, at 181 in a powerlifting suit, drug free, which I was super proud of. And I go to the meet, I have a hard weight cut the night before and I bomb. So I got, I, it's the worst case scenario, guys. I got Louis Simmons there. I'm there alongside West side. I open up a 650, can't get it. Second, 650, can't get it. Third. And if you don't know, when you bomb out, you can't even finish the rest of the meet. 
I drove seven hours. I stayed in Tennessee. I put everything into this. I was so fucking mad at myself. People would come out to watch me. And a lot of people don't want to see me win. I mean, that's part of it. When you get on a certain level, like, yeah, there's people rooting for you, but there's also people rooting for the other side of it too. There's no question. <laughs> and because I cross over into a lot of kind of genres, sometimes they don't, everyone doesn't love me because I'm really not like one way or the other. And so I came home that day and I thought, what's the most crazy fucking thing I can do? So I typed in literally what happens if I fucking squat every day? That's literally what I typed in Google. I swear to you. I couldn't even make this up if I tried. So I typed that. <laughs> I knew you would love this because this is literally what happened. I'm pissed off driving seven hours home. I typed that into Google and here comes this uh, website article from T Nation from John Bros. John Bros is an American lifter that lived with the best Bulgarian weightlifting coach basically that ever lived. His last name is Abijayev. I believe he snatched like around 500 pounds, one of the biggest snatches in the history of that lift on Olympic level. And he was talking about squatting every day. And so my natural brain started going, okay, I can't back squat like a max effort every day, but what if I do like a conjugate method where I use a front squat one day, a back squat one day, no belt, Olympic shoes, regular shoes, uh, pause reps. And I, all of a sudden, all of my West side knowledge and my understanding of the Russian methodology mixed with the Bulgarian methodology. And I thought, I'm just going to fucking do this and see what happens. And I'm going to post it on social media because I wanted to separate myself. I, my whole career, I'm not like a super gifted athlete. So I look, how can I mentally and physically separate myself from everybody else? And I went and squatted every day for three years, wrote the program, you know, shot it on bodybuilding.com and had like 60 million page views, sold a crap load of products. But I noticed what it did was it opened me up to Olympic lifters, power lifters, yeah. athletes, yeah, sure. the respect and the, and what it opened me up to was a whole nother level. I put myself out there. I wasn't some world record level squatter, but motherfucker, I squatted 540 at 181. I squatted 550 at 198. And for my genetic kind of potential and where I was at before I started it, that was an elite level squat raw. So I was real proud of what I was able to accomplish. And it just showed that I'm just wired a little different than most of my competition. And that was part of it too, you know? So it was a great, but yeah, how... What happens if I fucking squat every day? It was my Google search. It's it's funny that you should mention <laughs> that because I think the biggest hurdle, the, the problem that a lot of people have with the methodology is the whole point of recovery and being sore the next day. But if if you can do it the right way in regards to knowing your body, the way that you're training, your recovery, and the amount of volume that you're doing, it, if we had... Um, I don't know if you know or heard of him before the the American that we had on last week was was Brad Schoenfeld, um, mm. who wrote who wrote the book uh, the science and development I think of muscular hypertrophy. Oh wow! We talked a lot about mechanical tension and the the whole idea of people training just to be sore the next day. Whereas yep. when you're doing the type of things of squatting every day and you're looking at increasing your lifts through mechanical tension, it's a case of how can a train not be sore the next day? Yeah, which is, I think. A lot of um, people in the industry now don't quite get because they're all about, well, how can I make myself so sore tomorrow that I can't stand up after having a shit? And that's the that's the, well, the attitude that people get into. I think that's what they think about when they think of a leg workout every day. They don't yeah. realize that I'm taking a five-second pause front squat singles up to a daily max and cutting it. And then, you know, we applied a whole another methodology with um, waving the band tension. So we will do the method like – 
the, the five squats that we do in the week or seven squats, depending on what program you're following, I have seven different variations. One, one week I go 200 pounds of band tension plus bar weight the next week, 300 pounds of band tension plus bar weight. And then this week, like in my gym was 400 pounds of band tension and bar weight. And so my 165 lifter today was back squat. I look back in the back room. He's taking 325 plus 400 pounds of bands. I mean, and so when he goes to meets, we don't touch a bar without bands until we go to the meets. They take that off. And even when they deload back to two bands, it's like, it's unbelievable. And that's why I might like my 165 won the Arnold squatting 550, pulling 550. I mean, drug free. It's like we've saw some freak show type stuff, but it, but it wasn't just Tom Platt's legs. And then you do it the next day. It's a very specific methodology for strength and nervous system training. And uh, John Bros said it best. You got to shake the bar. You got to shake hands with the bar every day. People were scared to fucking lift heavy weights. When you start missing weights, you start climbing under shit. You start getting a little fearless. And I think like that's a little bit more of a mental check for people other than, yeah, I just don't feel good today. Well, most of the time, halfway through my warm up, I feel great. I might not feel great when I roll in the gym, but I've had some amazing lifts when I probably shouldn't have, in theory, lifted that day because I was sore. So I just kind of throw that shit out the window. Yeah. It's funny you should mention, uh, I don't know if you've tried the Tom Platt's workout before with like the <laughs> mega amount of volume. I did yeah. it, I think, two years ago before I came over to the States. Literally, no joke, couldn't walk for like a week. Heavy I 20s. Couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't get back in the gym. Because it starts with like, I think you do 10 sets of 20 squats, yep. 8 sets of 8, and then it's like 10 sets of hack squats, 10 sets of leg extension, 10 sets volume galore. Which is why he was such a freak show. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, I always preach it like this, just like I do with my conditioning. I don't do traditional cardio. I lunge like a half mile every day. And it's like, you just know, people through that as well, Corey, because that's incredible. Yeah. So I think that's like really, here's the thing about fitness, right? It's super saturated. I've always been in search of, and you guys have seen it because you watched kind of my career of what makes me different. And I really am trying to answer needs for my own practical application that I'm running into. I'm, I'm 5'11", 185-pound guy. I'm not super big. So when I would diet for stuff, my uh, symmetry is really good, and I could display my physique well, but I would start to get flat because I'd be doing 45 minutes of cardio or doing like all the traditional type shit, right? So, and like I said, I really like powerlifting even better. So my problem was I hated being weak. And so I went one day to the track because I was, ha I was having some problems with my knee tendonitis, and I said, what happens if I just lunge one lap around? Next day felt awesome. So I went and did it again. Super sore. Day five, I can barely get out of the truck. And then I, I do it for like 100 days. And then I work up to where I'm doing a half mile. Then I add a 40-pound vest. Then I add an 80-pound vest. Then I do a mile with a 40-pound vest one day. And then, then I'm just doing all these. And all of a sudden, I'm like the best shape I've ever been and the strongest. And I started thinking to myself, screw the damn treadmill. Screw the bike. Like, I don't like that shit anyway. This is just me. So I started, so I started owning that as my GPP and GPP is general physical preparedness. Meaning if I want to run, I want to go play anything. I want to power lift. I want to buy I'm ready because I'm, I'm physically prepared from a leg endurance conditioning, the glutes, lower back, everything strong and talking for eight years. That's been my conditioning. And I've, and I've at times within that eight years, I've been the biggest and leanest and the strongest of my life. And it just depends on what I'm kind of into and it really started, man, a real big change with some of the fitness people. Like I saw Kim Kardashian doing 400 meters of lunges the other day with her trainer and her trainer just happened to follow me randomly. So like, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? DeAndre Hopkins, who's a great American football player. 
He was doing one of my homies, Dose. He trains a bunch of the NFL guys. They're they're throwing in their lunges. Major League Baseball players that are pitchers, especially like they get longer, deeper in the innings. They're not their arm isn't as tired because their leg endurance is another level. Because if you can do 400 meters, 800 meters, and not be sore, that's your baseline of fitness. So when people are like, "You're fucking crazy," I'm like, "Well, you walk to the store every day and you're not sore." I lunge one lap around the track. That's my baseline of fitness. That's the baseline, uh, you know, metabolism, like metabolic rate that I kind of forced through. So it really just became unique to me. And then I added the podcast to it and there's the lunge and learn. So I'm, I'm essentially trying to trick people into, you know, listening to personal development at the same time as they're doing their lunges, which is going to give them a better metabolism and a stronger, you know, um, and really like hormone profile because it's all leg training and it's mm-hmm. daily. And so it's uh it's been interesting but once again it's very unique I think to me and I'm I'm owning that shit. Yeah, definitely. I think what you said there as well actually brings us really nicely onto what we can speak about in today's podcast in terms of self-belief because you've obviously done something there that you know you're going to be able to do over this period of time because you believe in yourself. And there was a quote that I just wanted to read so everyone can hear this before we get going. Now, it's a Marcus Aurelius, I hope I said that right, from Greek mythology, and it's a brilliant quote. And it's basically talking about how, as humans, we are naturally wired to win. So essentially, we just have to point ourselves in the right direction so we can win something we consciously choose. Now, his quote is, the happiness of your life depends upon the quality of your thoughts therefore guard accordingly and take care that you entertain no notions unsuitable to virtue and reasonable nature so wow obviously really powerful like really really powerful quote because as humans we are wide to win and everyone can win at something it's just kind of finding what that is like what that is for you and you had the quote of um you had the definition of self-belief as well yes before we dive into the the juicy stuff um and the google definition spits out self-belief or self-confidence is thought to be the way that you feel about your skills abilities appearance and behavior a person who has high confidence levels may grasp things quickly and trust that they can complete tasks to a good standard self-confident means to have faith or trust in yourself. So I guess this has kind of been, for, for most people who are successful, it's got to be a backbone to, to what you're doing. You've got to have some kind of self-belief. And just to clear it up, I think there is a sometimes a confusion between self-belief and, and self-confidence. I think sometimes self-confidence can come from things that you've learned. So you've overcome a task or you've, you've overcome mm-hmm. something or you've yeah. improved the skill uh, is it extrinsically because you've, you've completed it. Whereas sure. self-belief is on the other hand, maybe how you feel about yourself regardless. And it's kind of that inner, inner voice in your head that, that says, yeah, I can do that. I can do that shit. Come on, come on, Ben, I can do it. Like I know I can do it. Even yeah. though I haven't done it yet. And it's kind of getting on the edge of fear. Oh, and big time on the edge of fear. Self-confidence. I got a quote for you guys too. You ready? Oh, good for it. So, so this is actually, I'm about to get this tatted on me. That's why I got it. So oh, cool. it's an Abraham Lincoln quote. And what I did was I had my tattoo guy um, do a sketch of the trailer I grew up in. So the trailer home that I grew up in, which was, you know, very humble beginnings. And then I has this quote above it. To believe in things you can see and touch is no belief at all. But to believe in the unseen is a triumph and a blessing. And And what that really means to me is that I could see these things that I wanted to accomplish. I had 
the self-belief. And, and also I used to think like I was fucking crazy. Like I was lying to myself all the time and, and that I could, I was in this trailer, you know, where my mom could barely pay the rent at a hundred, $150 a month. And I'm thinking I'm going to be on the cover of magazines and, you know, and have my own gym one day. And, and I, all these dreams were there. And I started to understand that, you know, as I was getting more confident within fitness, and I'm actually thinking about writing a book around this whole and type of type of thing, because this is really how I got to where I'm at. I found a strategy early on of deep diving, um, obsessively in certain aspects. Like we talked about, whether it was powerlifting, whether it was bodybuilding, whether it was nutrition, what I immerse myself in these things to such a degree that I live it. And then I understand it. And then I believe with whatever I'm teaching or, you know, showcasing that it to be true because I, because I actually experienced it. Yeah. I not only did that, you know, with that, but also within business teaching. So one of the things that I think helps is when you educate yourself at like an obsessive level, your self-belief, because first it starts off as like, I believe in myself that I, I can do something different. But then when you put actions around it and you make educated quality decisions on top of quality decisions, you're going to make some bad ones from time to time. My belief in myself and my confidence in myself just continued. And, and there's a difference between arrogance and self-belief too. I think yeah. like yeah. some people that shit's fake. I can smell that a mile away because mm -hmm. I'm an actual confident person. Mm -hmm. So if you, you're fake, I'm a, I'm going to catch that shit. I might not catch it the first time, but if you fuck with me enough, I'm going to catch it. <laughs> like, you know, because I knew how I got here and I knew the amount of hours I spent and I'm doing the same thing with financial stuff now that with the stock market, with investing in real estate, with like, I'm in these like obsessive dives. So when I make educated, confident decisions, I believe, and not only believe, I expect it to fucking win. Mm -hmm. See, that's the difference. When I start a, start a business or I start a, a something, I expect for it to work out. And people are like, oh, well, your head's in the sand. You can't always be optimistic. No, like I'm making those decisions with belief in myself, mm -hmm. with education behind them, and with the fucking work ethic of, of actions that most people can't even identify with. So mm -hmm. I expect it to win because of all that. So I think people that have a trouble with self-belief, they're not, they have no strategy based around it. Like you have to listen, if you're listening to me right now, what is your strategy to make yourself feel better? Whether it's about your body, whether it's about your mind, whether it's about your craft, what are you doing to make it feel better? I, I didn't wake up. I wasn't even a very confident person. My grandfather looked at me at 12 years old and said, Corey, I want you to start lifting weights with me after work. It will help you create confidence. You're going to feel better in your sports and the chicks like it too. And I was like, sign me <laughs> up. You know what I mean? Grandpa, let's go. And, and, and he gave a gift to me that I could never repay because it, it was like, I started to understand, like I'm working on myself. And what happens if now I thought reading was stupid when I was in high school, I, I wasn't learning stuff. I like to learn until I thought, Oh, I can educate myself on things. I actually enjoy. I can try to be an expert in shit. I actually want to do like in, in that, that right there, that's what helps the confidence because confidence runs the world. Self-belief runs the world. You won't take risks. You won't push yourself. If you don't have these things behind you, it makes all the difference. I, and I'm starting to just understand myself, honestly, like a lot more probably reflecting over the last couple of years. Now that I've been in the game so many, so many years, because I'm trying to find a way how I can articulate it properly and teach it. 
Um, and I've been starting to draft some chapter type stuff around this kind of kind of thing because I think it's immensely important and, and people just need to really think of it like a strategy to get better. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think what I took away from especially what you said there is a lot of people can kind of say, yeah, like, oh, I, I think I can do this. So I, I do believe in myself, but they just say it. They don't actually action no. any steps behind it. They're very like, oh, I'll read this this book about self-belief and self-love. They will read it, put it down and not action it. So it is important to have those those strategies in place. And one thing that I did want to touch on is obviously the notion of self-belief is really important. Like you said, it is internally so important to human beings and what we do. But so many people, and I used to do this when I was like 18, 19, very badly, is the negative self-talk that kind of overpowers the self-belief. Now, I find the more you tell yourself how hard something is, the harder it will actually seem like it's not really that hard. But if you can trick your brain into saying something so hard and you do this subconsciously for so long, those critical voices become real. So it might be, I can't, I can't go to the gym. I can't go to the gym. I can't lift weights. So you never fucking go because yeah. you think to yourself you can't do it. And I think I just wanted to get your perspective on that in terms of dealing with that inner critic, the yep. inner horrible person who always comes out. Well, I think that it thoughts are things and people, so people think this shit's like hocus pocus and they're tripping because what you think about once you what you you know, talk about, what your vocabulary is, what your that all ends up, you know, becoming your reality. So and, and I and I'm I proved it. All the stuff that I was doing, like I far surpassed what I even thought was possible to be straight. And it's such a natural way of thinking for me now, because I've been doing it for so long that there is the things that will creep in from time to time. But once again, if you're in a bad cycle of that, you've got to have a strategy. So what is my strategy if I wake up and I'm like, woe is me, Corey, you suck, blah, 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 right? Happens to everybody. Yeah, so then it's first, okay, what's the music that you put on in the car that you would sing as loud as possible, even if it's a pop tune, you don't want no one to know it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like what, what's the one that just like, you'll sing to the mountaintops in your, in your drop top. Like that brings you, I mean, to me, it's like some hip hop music that I remember when I was 17 or 18, when I was in the mindset, because that's, what's interesting about music. It flips a switch and takes you back to certain parts of your life. Mm-hmm. So if I think like, all right, woe is me. And then I flip on an old Tupac jam. And when I was in like the beginning of understanding like what's possible, like, could I be a personal trainer one? Like literally, can I get out of this coal mine and be a personal trainer? That's when I was listening to All Eyes on Me, the, the double album. I put that shit on now and I'm like, damn, G, like it takes me right back there. And then it gives you perspective. I know it's funny, but that's that once again, that's one strategy. Really true. The second strategy is certain chapters and certain books, um, how to raise how to raise your own salary by Andrew Carnegie, Napoleon Hill. It's not as popular as uh, think and grow rich, but it's, it's similar, but it's 17 or 18 principles of success. There's a whole chapter on going the extra mile. There's a chapter on organized thinking. There's a chapter on exercise, self-discipline, like whatever I feel like is hindering me at that time of why I feel that way. Boom. I'll go right to that. That's like my reference manual for gangsterness. Like I go straight to that. Um, and then the third one is for me, if I can't get out of that bad cycle, I disappear for a day. 
in a positive way. And I go and see my family, my extended, my, my immediate family, my grandparents, they're in their nineties. They're still alive. They don't care what's going on. They just love to see me. They want to hear about my grandpa wants to know how much I'm squatting and if business is going good. And you know, they've seen the whole process or go see my, my parents back home. My stepdad just, you know, retired from the coal mine. He's just going to want to bench press, like take it back to like why you do this shit in, in, in the first place. And I think like very rarely do I have the third one. Like I want to go home and see my family, but there's been times, especially in the old MP days when there was a lot of pressure, I would just say, you know what? I just got to be off stuff for a day, go back and see my family, talk about something else, you know, get my uh, serotonin levels the opposite direction uh, and just feel good. And so that's like, I have like that strategy. Usually the music does it. I literally just take myself away from what's going on go take a drive or go out to the outback, pump some iron, throw some tunes on. The other one I was going to mention is the original Arnold chest and back workout that was in every flex magazine, superset pull-ups, incline. That's like my favorite fucking workout. And so I'll just go and do that. I don't care what day I'm on. What if I'm on shoulder, it doesn't matter. I would just do that. So there's some things that all has to do with reminding myself where I really came from. That's part of the reason why I have the tattoos I do now, which is, old school tatted here with the coal miners crest and my great grandfather who died in a coal mine explosion, which is my grandfather's dad, um, you know, to where I came from and just understand how far I've come. So I think sometimes perspective and strategy during those moments, um, are key. And those are few and far between for me now or nowadays because of the daily strategies I have in place to continue the action of building up confidence and belief. So yeah, I think some of the ones that you just touched on there are absolute key fundamentals and, and some that people forget. I mean, I'm going to probably go the most anti-gangster you can probably go with some of mine. Like I, music-wise, <laughs> I'll put um, Disney on, let it go. Yeah, and I'll just, you do. I'll, yes. I'll no that because it, it takes me back to a point where I feel like I'm a kid when you have like yeah. no worries, no stress. There's, there's no big decisions to make. Like when you're a kid, you're just free to be creative and play and do whatever you want, which is yep. is critical to people. And I think... A lot of the stuff that we Sorry, take. Can you guess what my song is? Song. Get, guess what artist that I would listen to. Beyonce. No, Queen. Oh, Queen. Ooh, I'd listen to Queen. Like go. another one bites the dust. Oh my God, yeah. Wheel of Champions. Yeah, badass, yeah. Oh God, that gets me going. But That's yeah, I awesome. think we we are we do take a lot of things in. We're like a sponge, so whatever we do take in. For example, um, I know you brought up before. I think it was about your grandfather who got you into lifting. So yeah. he was he was kind of encouraging your self beliefs and giving you motivation, giving you belief from somewhere else. Yep, And I think this is something as a kid, like when you look back to when you're a kid, you have dreams, you have goals and like nothing can get in your way. You're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And then we, as we slowly um, grow up and become into society, society, <laughs> society, I kind of get squashed a little bit and we lose that self-belief because we're told, no, you need to go and get a nine to five. You need to fit in. You need to do this. That's fucking stupid. You don't need to do that. And, and that's very much suppressed. And mm -hmm. what I believe that we're all, born to do something we've all got a seed inside us we're all we can all plant that seed and and kind of grow from it but just some of us choose to not do all that all that's suppressed so what i like to do a lot of the time is i, I don't know if you use it a lot Corey, but it's just the use of affirmations so yeah tell myself like i'll write down every single morning i am the most creative and the best coach in the world now whether anyone else choose to believe that or not that's what i believe and that's what i write down doesn't matter as long as you believe it ben day. and that for me, confidence-wise, like no one else can tell me anything different. And I know starting my day that I'm starting with a level 
where I'm confident and happy. So the task that I complete for that day, I'm going into them like I'm going to fucking smash them mm-hmm. because there's no one who's going to get in my way or stop me from doing that. Yeah, I, I feel like I have similar things that I call it like a washing machine, like, you know, getting up um, at 2.33 a.m., getting into personal development right out the gate because I have a 35-minute drive to the gym, training at the gym for an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes, driving home with personal development, another 35 minutes, going to the track and lunging for 20 or 30 minutes. Like I need to have, and this is what I started to realize, and also within my group in the gym, it's competitive because it's like a team kind of. So it's like a powerlifting team. It's like the locker room. It's like practice again. It's accountability. It's guys kicking my ass and deadlift. It's it's competition. It's all of that, right? And so I get that aspect in the morning plus with the studying all by like 6.30, quarter to 7. I need all of that to be confident Corey Gregory. I just do because I'm sharper because of the competition, because of the accountability, because of the goal setting, because of learning. And then I really feel like Anything that comes my way, I can handle it. I can't tell you that I always felt that way. It took me years and years and years to understand what it would really take for me to take my career to the level that it's reached and it multiple times and continuing to push. And it's fucking hard. It's just a lot. And a lot of people, like you said, a lot of people aren't willing to do it and that's okay for them. It was never okay for me. I just realized that you get one shot at it. I want to fucking not hate my job. I want to help people. I want to change generations of wealth, financial IQ and understanding. And that if I was going to be the one that took that on, that it was going to be 20 to 40 years of a lot of fucking work and discipline. And I started to realize that as I created more discipline in my life, the freedom started to open up. So nobody's taking anything away from me. Actually, it gave me an amazing life because I was able to, you know, do these type of things and continue to do them. And that's where it kind of trips people up. They're like, well, gee, you've already made enough money or you've already been doing this for so long. Why are you still going to the gym at, you know, to start your training at four in the morning or why this, why that? Why would I change something when I know what result it yields? Mm-hmm. I, I just don't, just because one day, oh, you know what? To me, I still love what I do. And I know what result I'm getting and I know the impact it's having. And I, and I believe that I'm one of the top people in my industry too, and in our industry in the world. I think MP showcased that. I think what I've done after MP showcased that. I think what I did before. And I just have that, I'm going to wear motherfuckers out mentality. Like my stepdad used to tell me all the time, pack a lunch if you want to fuck with me, because it's going to be a long day. And that's, that's just, and that's just what it is like to roll with me. Like people that fucking work with me, like I always say, I'm a nice guy, but I'm fucking serious and I'm serious. And I keep coming back. Like, you know, like, dude, it was just yesterday. You was there for, then we're working till nine or 10. And you know, it's like, that's what it takes. And when people understand it's the consistency of that, then they can, you know, it's really limitless. And I don't know. I'm super, um, I, I want to be able to do a better job of teaching this stuff because I wish everybody could experience what this feels like and what it feels like for you guys to actually take your life and say, this is fucking like, I can't believe every day when I come home from the gym, every day when I go to the gym, drop my keys on the desk, I can't believe that that's a thing. I come yeah. home to my house and I'm like, this actually fucking worked. Like, I, I don't, I can't say it enough that I have an immense amount of gratitude because 
I can't honestly, it doesn't feel like the same life to be straight. <laughs> just well, it's I, just real. I think, I think that's so powerful as well. I just have gratitude. Like if you wake up knowing those gratitudes already, you start the day happy as fuck anyway. And what you referred back to before is when you started reading was that when you actually found something that you enjoyed reading about, you did it more. I just think a lot of people haven't found or don't know what their thing is or haven't found what really makes them tick. Because we even look back at our days sometimes and think, was that our fucking work? Like, have we... And and people often say to us, I don't know how you work so much. I don't know how you work all the time. But to us, it's just part of everyday life. And we just... I think we love doing it so much and we're so passionate about it and, and love helping other people that knowing yourself is just so powerful in the way that we operate to our own strengths because when you enjoy something, you're going to be so much better at it rather than just focusing on the, on the negatives all the time. And yes. I think if you can just start putting, for example, if you've got a side hustle because you want to try and get away from the other job, if you can just start putting an hour a day into it. I was listening to a TED talk the other day um, and it was a guy who was saying, if you put one hour per day aside to like self-development or whatever you, you kind of side hustle is uh, or, and, and kind of believe in yourself, it will equate to being a national expert in yeah. your field in five years time. And that's just doing five days a week of, of an hour a day. And it's just creating balance from really what you want to try and do. It's the compound effect. It's just being small acts consistently. Like, and that's what I think about. I've been really on this, like, you know, aggressive personal development and training schedule for like a decade. So like you think about, I mean, I'm lunging 150, 200 miles a year, listening to the, you know, personal development, driving to the gym that much, like it compounds to the library of content that I've consumed at, you know, even the age of 42 is absurd. And so like, I feel I've had like a, I had a really good business guy that's in his sixties that I haven't seen in a while that I looked up to when I was in my early twenties and we just kind of reconnected. So he hadn't seen me in like 15 years, basically. Saw he saw me when I was folding towels at the gym. Really, that's <laughs> like you know twenty years old, twenty one. And he said, "Corey he goes, I got to tell you." He said, "You seem wise to your years, and I and I want to know why." And I told him, I said, "You know what?" I said, "The resources that are available to my generation, and it's only been half of my career because the internet wasn't around for the first ten years of my career, which is funny to say, but it's the truth." And it's like. If you really want to find it, it's there. It's out there. It's just whether or not you're looking. And so I told him my schedule of how much content I consume in a positive manner. And he was like, well, that makes a lot of sense because you've had like two hours a day for like 10 years of stuff that you're attempting to get better at and learn and understand. He said that makes a lot, a lot of sense of why you can speak in this manner. And so if I think about education, like I'm like the opposite of go to college guy. But I love learning at such yeah. a level that it's like, like when we're done today, I'm teaching my class at the local, you know, university online at uh, two o'clock my turn time. And I'm teaching social media and content creation because I love it. I want to explain how I create content, why I create content, how I feel creative. I, I always say I can't sing or draw, but I feel like one creative person because this, this right here is a great example of like, I think about that my grandkids might watch this one day. I want them to be impacted by what you guys say, what I say, and and this stuff all real meaningful to me. And it's um, it, it feels like uh, very effortless because of the love for what I do and now the teaching part of it. And I just I just super enjoy it. It's like that's why I can't do it enough at this point. I just that's why to your point, there's no clock in or clock out. Like mm -hmm. when you think about things in that mentality, 
you're just hindering yourself. And I know everybody probably won't love their job, but I would really strive to be like that if you can. Yeah, I think with, because this is something that I wanted to touch on and it's so interesting because you obviously started your business at the age of 20 and probably a little bit younger in terms of planning X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And I was the same, I was 18. And I think one of the things that's like so important now in terms of business is social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it is fucking fantastic. I just, the opportunities and things like that. And I was speaking to my best friend the other day. She's recently become self-employed with physiotherapy. Unfortunately, obviously COVID happened. It was a bit of a shock to her. And I just said, I was like, get yourself on social media. Like it doesn't matter if your business is face-to-face, like get Mm -hmm. yourself on social media. And instantly she said, yeah, but I'm, I'm not good enough. Why, Why would they choose me as a physio over someone who has like loads of followers and who's like more experienced. I was like, why would you give a fuck about comparing yourself to other people on social media? And I think that's what's so important for young people who want to start their own business, but they're just so scared of, of what other people think. And they, they genuinely, they believe in their business, but they don't believe in themselves to push it past like that first step. I'm running into that a bunch in my class. So I, that's, so this is what's interesting. I'm glad you brought this up, Lucy, because I had already been in business for 10 years before I was on social media. So if you can imagine, I'm a pretty confident practitioner at that point. And I was never really scared to be on stage. I'd done bodybuilding. So I was like, turn the fucking camera on, let's go. Right. But I did took that for granted a little bit because I had such a background before I even started. And because I don't, I'm not from where I, where I built my business. I never really was concerned with high school friends thinking I was doing this. Like I never really had a lot of that stuff and maybe I just didn't really care. might be part of it too, but that is a huge problem in my class where people are doing like 30 takes and really concerned about what they're saying and looking stupid to their friends and all these things. And I just told them like, look, you know, at the end of the day, you have to just go with what feels extremely natural organic. And I call myself a one take homie, hit the button, say what goes and just hit the button again and put it up. Like, unless you say something like crazy that you're going to get blasted for, just believe in what you've got in that second. If you're documenting because you're not a crazy expert that no one's going to say that you're think, you know, everything you're just documenting the process. You're explaining to the level that, you know, you're trying to inspire, like just act like yourself. Like every time I ever spoke and I just didn't act like me, it never worked. If I just, as, as weird as I am at times and as funky as my kind of, you know, kind of way is like, it always works. So like a great example is on my website, when I drop my new plans, I use old rap covers and I put myself on them. Right. And it's part of like the way I am. And they're hilarious there. I was 50 cent. Then I was like Drake. And then (laughs) like, and, and like you guys are your lap, but that's like me. That's kind of, if you, if you know me and you're around town, like that's how I am. So that isn't far away from, from the branding of me personally and always been that way. So I think if you double down on the things that make you unique, that's when people like gravitate towards it. Like I said, I always gravitate towards the people that are different. I want to know why they're so confident and what they're into and you know how they came out the house with like purple hair today. And they, but they're, they look great. Like I, I'll be the first person to compliment because I just think people that are unique are interesting. 
And you know what? If you just are like everyone else, then why are they coming to be uh, and get that information from you? So it's like double down on why you're unique and what your path is and just be okay with it. I know it's hard. It's easy to say and hard for people to do, but if you can grasp that concept, that's, that's what I've done. It's, it's worked really well. And like, not everyone's going to love it by the way, but I mean, that's okay too. Yeah. I think that's what you touch on there is really important is because when so many people start out, we're obviously looking for idols and inspiration from other people, but sometimes people take it to a level, which is above that. And it's imitation instead of just using it as inspiration. And when you can't imitate that person to that degree, because they are unique, that's their bravado. That's them. That's for example, you Corey, when you try and imitate that and you can't do it, I think it impacts people's self-belief as well. Yes. And at the same time, like, for example, we just talked about it as soon as we came on the podcast in regards to being unique. I've probably had more comments about the way I look in the last four weeks than any other time since I've been growing a mustache. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There you go. Double down yeah. on it. Yeah. First thing I said uh, when we came on, like, damn, the stash is killing it. 100%. So it's good. it's good to be different. And I think what a lot of people are scared of is just obviously criticism from other people in their field and peers in their field. And at the end of the day, if you even if you make a shit video, you fuck something up, you've always got your next video, your video after that, or your yeah. video after that. And at the end of the day, those people who are, are probably saying to you are just probably a little bit intimidated that you may be coming up into into their field, into their industry, and and they may be getting a bit of a chip on the shoulder about it that some someone's coming up and approaching on their territory, so to speak. But at the end of the day, is that person paying your bills? Yes. Is that person really in control of what you're doing? So. You need to think about it that way. Like you're there to benefit you. You're there to, to help other people. And even if you reach one person with that video, because I think that's another thing is that people are so... They in, expect a lot straight just, away. And they just expect, like, I, need, I need to get this many likes or this video doesn't get as many as the, as the last video did. And <laughs> even if that piece of content hits one person, helps Aww. them to change something, then you fucking won. I got some comments on that. Yeah, I think that, you know, I, I always got... Not a crazy amount of hate, but a decent amount because I was always kind of doing my own thing. And I started to realize, one, none of these people know you, like actually know you, right? Because social media, like there's some people from around town maybe, but actual people that are coming at you online are usually really up, just upset at themselves. That yeah. That's that's really what it comes. It's their own insecurities. You're the secure one attempting to put yourself out there, which is uncomfortable. They're insecure behind their screen you know, casting stones at you. So it's like, you know, you got to be able to process that. And two, yeah, when my rents do, they're not paying it. I mean, at the end of the day, and if they're there, they're probably not really consuming your content or purchasing it or supporting it anyway. And so I sort of really have to just process. And then if it comes like industry, like I just do not do that at all. I am not like you chip shot at me is small time shit to me. I just don't even operate that way. Like, like what we're going to what argue on Twitter about a diet, get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm just not, I just don't do it, man. I, I had a business that sold $170 million of product. I think I'm about to argue with a motherfucker on Twitter about a diet. Get the fuck out of here. That's just the truth. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just the truth. Like, so I took that approach even before all that happened that I'm not going to operate that way. I don't, really look at myself against other people. I look at myself versus me. And I look at other industries outside of fitness that I have, you know, people, business people I would look up to or athletes. To me, it just that I don't understand when people 
post a person on and be like, this person's diet sucks and look how shitty their form is. I just, I don't get that negative bullshit. I don't operate that way. I just have never like people have chirped at me. Even if I see it, I just go like, sure. You know I mean? It just doesn't, it doesn't really resonate. And, and I got that kind of a little bit from little Wayne actually coming back to hip hop. He was doing a, he was doing a um, interview one time and she said, what do you think? It was, I think it was Katie Kirk. She was, it was like a classic interview. And she was like, what do you think about this person or that person? He's like, Miss Katie, I really don't even know what that person does. I just know what I do and I do it really fucking well. And I'm making a lot of motherfucking money. That's what he said. And he just said, I'm not comparing myself to others. And, um, he's like, respect if people's doing their thing. But, and I used to think of that at MP, we were blowing up. I wasn't watching BSN or USN over your guys' neck of the woods. I was watching Gatorade. I was watching Nike. I was not thinking I was like a supplement company. I was thinking bigger than that. And so I look at myself like even with fitness, I used to kind of pigeonhole myself, but with the material I'm talking about now, I'm I'm looking at guys like Tim Ferriss. I'm looking at guys like Gary Vee. I'm looking at, I'm looking at people way outside just the dude who got abs at the gym. You know what I'm saying? Like I just um I don't know. I, I look at those type of things a little differently. I'm not I'm not down for fighting about a bunch of dumb shit just to look cool on social media. And that's like the best way to look at it. And I think everybody who is on social media and they're putting themselves out there, I think just kind of expect it. If you know it's going to happen, then you're cool with it. Like, you know, it's going to happen. I get it on a daily basis as a woman who lifts. Oh my God. And I'm just like, thank you so much. Don't care. And it's just expecting that it's going to happen to you. And I think with fitness, that it's obviously more so a saturated market now in terms of the amount of people who are on social media, like personal trainers, X, Y, and Z. And we always get the question, like, how are you so motivated? You're so driven. But it's not even just having motivation because we're not motivated every day. I I don't feel like you can be motivated every single day. Mm -hmm. We are committed. Mm -hmm. So there you go. They're committed to doing what we're doing because we're helping other people. An example that I love to use is if you have a surgeon, they might not always be motivated to work, not motivated to go in and cut someone open, but they are committed because it's their job and they have to do this and they know they're going to exceed when they do it. And I think people look at people on social media like, oh my God, they're so motivated 100% of the time. And it's not. And it's these people who need to understand that if you are driven to do something and you believe in something, you have to be committed to doing that. And like you said at the start, that's where that consistency comes in. Like you get up at half two, three in the morning and I bet sometimes you wake up and you're not fully motivated, but you're committed. You've done it for so many years and that's why you are where you are. And that's why you're so successful as well, because you've always had that consistency and commitment that people need to understand well, that's why sometimes we have to draw motivation from somewhere else like mm. we can't we're not you create the motivation you can't just expect to wake up and be slapping you in the face it's like <laughs> um with the SES challenge the other week and i think yeah basically what the time was you had to hit uh nine minutes 30 for a 1.5 mile run wasn't it yeah and you were about a minute and a half off i was yeah and i remember that day we got up to go and do it in the morning you couldn't be off doing it yeah. and then you, you had like a minute and a half to shave off your time which is quite a lot for 1.5 yeah. miles it's, it's it's a fair whack and you put david goggins on yes and then you compare the shit that he's been through and the shit that he's done whilst you're doing it, and you're like fuck this is nothing 
and you yeah. ended up shaving a whole minute and a half of your 1.5 mile yeah time. I, well, I did it consistent consistently for six weeks to submit this time and I ended up doing 922 so I took off like a minute and a half and it's just wow. not because I can run because I was bloody committed to getting that time yeah and you think, <laughs> I was doing lunges the other day and the, after the event no joke and I was like I'm oh, fucked I can't be awesome anymore and it was not long after we did the event I was like Fuck, Corey's just done fucking however many miles. <laughs> I can do, I can do two more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's using other pieces of motivation sometimes to to build your own tank up. Well, and I think that's a great segue because the days that I think I or don't feel as motivated, I stayed up a little too late, but I still co- I'm committed to get up. And I was trying to teach my son this the other day. I was like, hey, he wanted to, he's got some gaming thing going on. I'm like, yeah, but we got to work in the morning and pack sacks, you know, for max effort. Yeah, And I was like, you got to understand how this dynamic works. Dad's going to stay up to 11 or 12 and do something. I still have to be at the gym the next morning because I'm committed no matter how I feel. And I realized this, there's a lot of people that depend on me. It's not, even if just that one day that you depended on me, I wasn't there or that, that thought wasn't there. Like that would piss me off. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think like I put this own kind of mini pressure on myself that, I have to be accountable to the people that look to me for inspiration. And it's not an immense amount of people like a guy like David Goggins, but I've got my crowd that looks to me daily to say, did G do his lunges? Did G do his personal development? Is the work out there? Is the video on the site? Is the questions answered? Is, is that consistency there? Because then they can mirror mimic it in their own way. And so I feel a responsibility whenever I get up, I just have to see myself in the mirror. If I just get to the mirror, I'll talk shit to myself to make sure, like, don't be a little bitch ass hoe, G. Like, get your ass to the gym. Like, what are you doing? Like, that's the shit I say to myself. <laughs> I, I mean, that. I mean, that's the truth, right? And so I I know I'm fucking half nuts, but it's worked. And that's what I keep on telling people. It's worked. I mean, here, here's a great example. I feel that, you know, my son just finished with his baseball team. And, you know, with COVID and all this stuff, there's not a lot of lifting and all that. I said, any of you, any of you guys that want to come over, we're starting tonight, 430. Let's fucking go. And I wrote disclaimer to all the parents. I'm a nice guy, but I'm serious about lifting. So you better tell them to get ready. And, <laughs> and that's what it is. And, I'll, you know, no cost, all for fun. I just fucking love it. I know what it's going to do for these kids. I've been excited all morning about talking to you guys and doing that because these are two, these are two areas one, these kids have never seen me like that. They just see me as Alex's dad. You know what I'm saying? They see me as AG's dad who like, they're not real sure of. They're about to get real sure of it today. <laughs> I can't I wait. It's a great thing to get kids into though. And yep. getting people into lifting, I think is like a great um, boost of self-confidence and self-belief because it's yeah. like, it's, a, it's an immediate, not an immediate reward, but you go, okay, well, this month I've I've kind of gone up on the bench press. I've done some more bicep curls, and do you know what? My fucking biceps are looking a little bit bigger yeah. because I've put in the work. So it it teaches you self discipline. It gives you self confidence. It teaches you self belief. It gives you routine regime. I think giving that to kids. I mean, when I first started lifting, for for me and my family, it was a little bit looked down upon. It mm-hmm. was it wasn't something that was encouraged. It was a bit weird. It was it still just wasn't kind of like the the thing because I played football and. For you, Corey, probably soccer. Soccer, probably yeah. Called, yeah. And I started getting a bit bigger and it wasn't kind of the ideal physique for that. But it taught me so much more than just to have a better physique for football. And that's where I started getting to lift them more and more and, and moved away from football. And it 
it just felt right for me. And then in the end, it became a career path. And it's something that we're able to pursue now and move around the world doing because I knew the right thing to do for me. And it taught me so much along the way. Yeah. And to think that maybe they won't take it as a profession like I did, like you have and Lucy has, but the fact that they'll know, I think here, I have this like back to responsibility. If somebody will listen and shows any type of interest, I know it can seep in and make them better. I just know it. And so it's like, if I can showcase that, um, you know, what the work ethic really takes, they might not display it all the time, but they'll know what it feels like. And then that right there could be carried on for the rest of their lives. So I'm really excited about it. And AG, because he knows I'm nuts. He's like, dad, they're going to be so sore. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, yeah. Because, you know, we're going to be dragging a sled. We're going to be lunging. We're going to do all the things that not probably most of these kids are not doing on their own, but I'm going to showcase, I'm going to say, look, this is pro level type shit. This is what it takes to be, you know, a real competitor and, and put together some real strength. So it's uh, I don't know, man. I just, I tell you what, as I get older, it's so fun to be able to pour into people that actually want to fucking work and be there and learn because I feel like if I can just get one light bulb on, that's why like, you know, I know a lot of your guys' audience doesn't really know me. So it's, I think it's going to be cool that if they pick up one thing from my crazy mind today, like I've done, I've done my, my chore for today, you know what I mean? And from across the pond, which is amazing. Yeah. I think well, one thing that sprung to mind, and I don't know if you've ever seen the film, um, the pain or gain or pain and gain with the rock and Mark Wahlberg. I know what it is, but I haven't watched it. You need to watch it because there's a scene where Mark Wahlberg takes this like bunch of kids who are playing some kind of sport and he's sitting in his back garden, is he on a bench press and he's just preaching to these kids about lifting and bench press. I can just envision that scene. <laughs> That's what's about to happen tonight. <laughs> just watch it and you'll, it'll, it'll click like that. Well, and that, uh, you know, what's funny is so Mark Wahlberg, what well, Marky Mark, when I was younger, he was a huge inspiration for us because our age group, you know, at 42, that's when good vibrations, he was in Calvin Klein ads. Like this was like early in his career. I wanted to look like Mark Wahlberg, hundred percent. I mean, he was awesome. And he just looked like the man he had swag to him. All the ladies liked him. It was like, man, I want to look like that when I grow up like that. He was a huge inspiration for me. hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. And this question is something that I wanted to ask. So this is just off my own back and it's kind of from my own experience as well in terms of I think it's very important as you grow up who you surround yourself with because when people are trying to get into it young and I'm maybe like 18, 19, 20 and your friends aren't quite on that same path and this can happen, I mean, when you're older as well, you can always meet people who don't agree with what you're doing. You'll have comments on social media where people are just like, that's never going to work. And I think you have to have that ability to either just say to your friends that's okay that's your opinion that's cool you carry on you doing you I'm gonna do this and even when you get a bit older you don't have to consume what those people are saying to you because if you actually truly have that self-belief that we were speaking about you won't actually care what these other people have to say to you and I don't know you if you've actually experienced this if you have had people who I guess have tried to shoot you down and disagreed with you along the way but if you have because I know our audience is so interested in this because I get asked it very often Mm -hmm. but how do you deal with those people who are genuinely not believers in what you do or just very fucking negative so 
I've been fortunate that my immediate family isn't that way. And I'll tell you why. I really think it's because they just didn't know any better. Like they just, they saw me with my face on fire. Like I'm going to go be a personal trainer. I'm moving. I'm getting out of this coal mine. I'm going to do all these things, all these dreams. And like, who were they to say like, you can't do that. Right. So I thankfully didn't have that. Here's what I will tell you though, is along my career, I think my aspirations felt big for the current situation, maybe when people heard them. And then I would get like, when I first started my gym, the guy that um, was running the fitness center, I was renting space out of. He's like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave and just start my own thing, man. Like I'm not paying you 30% of my money. Like, fuck that. And he was like, you're 20 years old. I know this person down the street. She opened, she couldn't do it. And I was just like telling this dude, like, bro, that you don't know what I'm capable of. Like you're putting me in some type of like area with someone else. And I, and I just started to realize that the other thing is I never took advice from someone that was not as successful as I wanted to be or didn't operate the way that I wanted to operate. So I would always take in this. I'm not against criticism if it's in the proper way, but then I'll say like, where's the, where's this really coming from? Like, does this person giving me advice because they live this in their elder to mine 20 years and they've made the money like, or is this just something like some bullshit insecurity stuff where they're just scared because they can't put themselves there. And I got to tell you, most of the time it's that. So if somebody's ho- hollering at me, I'm thinking, well, fuck you. I don't even want to be in this spot anyway. Like if you're fucking talking shit to me and this is your body of work, get the fuck out of here. I'm going to blow this shit out of the water. So like that to me, I would always double back with, is this person that's saying this to me, do they really live it? Are they in a spot because they really put their, you know, put it together and in is like that just their own shit they're throwing at me. It's just like somebody out of shape telling me about how to like, it, it never ceased to amaze me. I'd have clients. They come home from, they come home from work, come to train with me back in the day. My, my buddy, Bob, he said, if you do weighted crunches, going to stick your fat out more. I said, well, what the fuck's Bob look like? <laughs> He look like me? He probably don't, does he? No, he's he's trying to lose 30. Exactly. What the fuck you listen to Bob for? <laughs> like, I just, <laughs> I mean, I hate to be a dick, but I, that's the truth. It's so it's the same with money. So it's the same with marketing. It's the same. If you're a fucking beast in the paint and you're killing it and you're giving me advice in a different way and you've got the back backbone and the backdrop to say it, I'm cool with it. If you're just saying some shit to me and, it, and it's empty with a bunch of insecurities, the fuck out the way. <laughs> I think I think that sounds someone, mean, but it's that's yeah. how I really think. I think watching someone else like completely go for it though can to some people who are close to you maybe be really upsetting because it is. that person has spent their whole lifetime building a case for why they can't. Yeah. So to see you fucking just go for it is mm-hmm. can be upsetting to some people because makes they, them uncomfortable. Yeah, they yeah, wish they, they could have for so long because they see you like mm. going for it, spearheading what you're doing, being successful in your field. It makes them obviously just kind of hold a big mirror up to them and say, well, shit, I haven't done anything. It's, it makes them self, self-reflect and feel feel bad about themselves. And I think it, it's probably, a, I, I really want to kind of wrap today's podcast up with um, a quote, which is kind of similar to what you've been talking about and in regard to self-belief. And that's, it's, not important what other people believe about you. It's only important what you believe about yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think again that just comes down to to having that 
knowledge and knowing yourself is is so so powerful and and having that i think that a lot i've been reading the book at the moment it's called uh you are a badass That's and it's and i was honestly reading it a bit of it this morning i thought about the podcast that we had on today and about you as well Corinne. it's talking a lot about the the whole reciprocation effect and having that energy and, and thriving on the energy and what you put out will come back to you. And I honestly believe that that's why probably a lot of your career and your business and training, you've been so success, successful because you have that certain energy and, and aura around you. And I'm Thank sure you. from a lot, a lot of listeners will, will kind of pick up on that today. And I think that just comes back in abundance whenever you're willing to put it out there and, and not expect anything back from it as well. Yeah. Just, you know, and that's the, that expect non-expectation. So when I was doing the workouts, like you talked about in the beginning, I could never tie back that then people were buying supplements. I just mm-hmm. hoped that you saw enough value that when you said, I'm going to go buy protein, you're like, you know what? I'm going to try my mate Corey's because he just did give me so many workouts. You know what I mean? Like it really was with a zero expectation back. And I think when I understood that and I was so consistent with it, I just really started to apply that to a lot of other things. And I appreciate that because the the energy – is so is um it's so like authentic because that's how I really feel about my life. I'm telling you guys, and, and it's awesome watching you guys' business grow. Like I just still can't believe it. I love it, and I don't know how to even really stop. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I don't think I really could because I've enjoyed it, uh, just the the road so much. And I think at the end of the day. The people that are hindering you along the way, if you believe them, then you really don't believe in you. And I just started to think like there's no way that person can know better for me than I can know for me. They don't know what I'm willing to do, how much I'm willing to study, and, and the actions I'm willing to put in, and how far I'm really to, ready to persevere. And you, you, it just comes back to like what what are you really willing to do for that change? And you know, you've got to figure out whether you're ready to give into that. Here's one thing I'll wrap it up with. Just because we're speaking like this, I never look down upon anyone else that doesn't want to sign up for this. It's mm-hmm. fucking hard mm-hmm. and you yeah. got to work on it. So I don't ever think I'm, I actually don't even tell people what I do ever. Hardly like people around town that don't really, they just know me as the guy at the baseball game or whatever. They ask me, I tell myself vitamins <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I, I just downplay it. Yeah. yeah. Because you know what? It's not even worth going into all this stuff. It's like, if they want to find more, they'll figure it out and ask the right questions. But I, I'm passionate about them in fitness. I sell vitamins. I mean, I just keep it real low key. <laughs> so oh, I absolutely that. love that. And <laughs> this has been definitely one of my favorite episodes. Like Ben said, you just provide so much energy and it's just so amazing to have had you on our podcast. And I just know like all our listeners are going to absolutely love this and just so they can know where to find you in terms of website instagram handle where can they find you uh just at Corey g fitness across everything so c-o-r-y-g fitness so holler at me if you have any questions i answer uh, all the dms and everything too just like you guys do and uh, i'm more than happy to push you towards whatever information you're looking forward to so brilliant and fa- thanks for coming on again Corey. i'm sure we'll have to organize another episode because we could talk all Honestly, I feel like I could talk for another four hours. I'm just so interested in everything. So yeah, we'll definitely have to do anytime podcast because there's so much to say. No, I love it. I, I'm, I'm, I know we don't know each other that well, but I've been watching you guys closely. I'm super proud of you guys. It's a lot of fun. Oh, Me and my wife God. both watch both your guys' stuff, and it, it's like 
She's like, did you see Lucy's workout today? I'm like, yeah, the chick is bad. Like, you know what I mean? And Ben's legs is looking crazy right now. Like, I just, I'm a fan over here. So you guys just keep doing what you're doing, right? Appreciate it, man. Massively appreciate it. And just for our listeners, I know that um, we are currently just been getting people to vote for the BBC Podcast Listeners Awards. That has now closed and will we'll, um, be announced on Saturday. So we, we hit second in the fitness charts in the UK. The nice. week was really cool. Um, and this is one thing that I've, because I used to listen to Corey's podcast all the time. I wanted him to finish off with, with um, it's good old saying the podcast can't be stopped. So we've got, you've got to finish off with, with that mate to, to close the podcast. <laughs> I got you. Lucy, Ben, can the podcast be stopped? The podcast can't be stopped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was the best moment yeah. of my life, literally. Oh, my God. We'll catch you soon, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Later.